The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. My name is Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7 for the next two hours here on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Lots to talk about today. Uh, We had a media viewing window of practice for Auburn football yesterday, Uh, so we're going to talk about that. Some of the notes that I took, some of the um, positions and some of the players that I uh, took notes on and was able to watch and, and kind of give you an update on what's going on uh, with with Auburn football for practice yesterday. So we'll talk about that today. Also, it is Rivalry Wednesday here on the show as we will have Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 joining us at 2.30 to get you up to date on the Georgia Bulldogs as they get ready for their week one matchup on Saturday. And coming up in hour number two, Austin Hannon of Bama Central will join us to talk about the Alabama Crimson Tide as they get ready for Middle Tennessee State before Texas comes up in week two. So excited to uh, talk to those two gentlemen, have an actual game to talk about. Maybe not the most exciting week one matchups for those squads, but talking about actual football that will be played on Saturday because, folks, three. That's the number. We're three days away. You've got today. You've got tomorrow, and you've got Friday. And then football is happening at Jordan-Hare Stadium. It's happening in the state of Alabama. It's happening in the SEC, and it actually starts on Thursday. You've got two SEC squads playing on Thursday night, Missouri uh, playing somebody, and Florida playing on the road at Utah. So uh, an exciting time. Football is back. We're excited. I know you are as well. So excited to talk to uh, Jordan Hill and Austin Hannon throughout the show today. We'll talk some football practice. Also some news coming out of Auburn football on the uh, the captains for 2023. Definitely want to get your thoughts on that later on for our question of the day as well. But Outside of our two guests, phone lines are open. Give us a call. Our intern, Michaela, would love to hear from you and get you on the phone lines, and we'll talk to you here on the show today. 334-321-1390. That number again, 334-321-1390. Call in, be a part of the show, and be on the line. Tell me what's on your mind. What's up? How are you feeling on a Wednesday afternoon? 334-321-1390. We are two days away from September, which is insane uh, that August is already just about over and done with um and the temperature not as bad outside today right I mean it's it's still it's muggy right it's hot but it's not anywhere near what it's been over the last two months man it's just been brutal around here maybe it's some of the Maybe it's some of the weather or the wind or the temperatures coming from that hurricane or something. I don't know. I'm not a meteorologist. I always say never use me as your weatherman. Um, But I did start seeing some pictures and videos of the hurricane hitting in Florida. Um, So prayers up to them and and our thoughts are with them as well. And and we hope that they uh, stay as safe as possible with with the natural disasters going on down there uh, with the hurricane. But 
Hopefully, uh, nothing really comes up this way, and if it does, then we'll deal with it when it does. But uh, again, thoughts and prayers to everybody affected by by the hurricane. But again, phone lines are open. Let's get to the phone lines to start off the show today. 334-321-1390. And Shane, you're on the line. What's up, man? Hey, man. How you doing? Doing good, man. What's on your mind? Uh, a couple of things. Have, uh, do you know if, if the Auburn game is going to be on – on uh, on TV or not? It is. It's actually going to be on ESPN, just the regular straight up ESPN channel, not streaming, uh, not ESPN Dose, not Plus anything. It's going to be on straight up ESPN Television at two thirty on Saturday. That's 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 a kind of that's kind of that's kind of strange to be honest. Uh, uh, I'm, I agree with that. you. <laughs> but, I agree. Hey, that's, that's awesome. But um, yeah, that's awesome. Hey, I I, I heard some of Hugh Freeze. Um, talking uh I, I don't know when it was it could be yesterday or something but it feels good that that the guy um like wants to win for for the for the for the crowd you know mm-hmm. for for the fans like it's such a different pace to to, to think that like just just a year ago this time like we were you know it was it was pretty rough, yeah. and uh, it seemed like like uh, like somebody couldn't bend. He, he didn't really care about recruiting, getting, and it's such a one eighty. And to have someone like he, he really genuinely feels like like it like uh, he wants us to to he wants to live up to what to what he's been given basically the second chance. Yeah, he wants yeah. to live up to it. Wants to win so badly for. For us, and probably for redemption, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put that, Shane. Because you can tell you're absolutely right. You can tell when Hugh Freeze is talking because he brings it up on his own. Like he talks about the fans inside the stadium. He talks about the expectations from the fan base for for him as a head coach and for this Auburn football program. And yeah, he wants to win for the fan base. He wants them to buy back into this program because he knows where it was when he took over, Shane. He knows where this thing was, but he also knows the history of Auburn football and how truly unique and special that it is. And so, yeah, I think you do have a head coach now that not only wants to win for his resume, not only wants to win for his guys and his coaches and his players, he wants to win for the Auburn fans and have them buy back into this Auburn football program and it become a special place once again like we all know I'm, I'm excited to see what you know his person how his personality develops you know if if and hopefully when we start winning games mm-hmm. does he does he is he is he cocky is he you know like towards other programs towards hey this is Auburn you know uh is he is he is he cocky as you know I want him to I want to see his his personality come out, you know, with Gus, you can see the, you know, the boom with, yeah. uh, with, with Tuberville, you know, was like, you know, he would always rub, you know, the, the five and the, and the fear of the thumb because mm-hmm. he thumped Alabama so many times, you know, that, that, that I wonder what his is going to be like. Well, let me ask you this, uh, Shane, what, what do you want to see from Hugh Freeze if Auburn starts winning football games and if Auburn starts becoming, whether it's this year or down the road from years to come, what do you, how do you want Hugh Freeze to act? I'm curious. I, I like, I, I, I hope he keeps kind of his humility. I want that. I want that humility. I want, I still want like, it feels like he's down to earth kind of right now. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a millionaire. You know what I mean? <laughs> he, uh, he literally is a millionaire. You're uh, you right know, about uh, that. He, uh, so, so you know, he, 
I, I, it feels like he's just a person right now, and mm-hmm. I hope that that stays. That that he's not unreachable. He's not, you know. Um, I hope he doesn't get conceited and, and think I'm not going to point. I, I, I don't want him to be like Lane Kiffin at all. You know, yeah. I, I don't want to rub noses in, in anything. But I want to want him to be proud of the fact that hey, this is who we are, and people are going to fear us now. Just confident, I guess, is the word. Confident, yeah. and and you know, in what he has built. And and, and I this think is like speaking of like in like a year or two, you know, like maybe right. two years from now, looking back, he's confident in what he's built, and you know. Um, yeah, I guess that's, that's, that'd be a good Yeah, word. and I think too, Shane, I think Auburn fans, yourself included, you want Hugh Freeze to represent Auburn well, right? You want him to yeah, be a good exactly. representative of Auburn University, of Auburn football, of the players and coaches around him, and the fan base too. Like, yeah, you don't want him to go out like Elaine Kiffin does and make a you-know-what out of himself. You like to have a guy right. who is very humble, who is very uh, human-like, and he's not, like you put it, the unreachable as a head coach. And so far, he's been that way. And from a media standpoint, it's been fantastic. It's been awesome. And I'm glad that that's bleeding into to the fan base as well yeah yeah it's just it's good you know you can be proud to be we haven't played a game yet and i can feel i feel proud to be uh you know an auburn auburn fan again and yeah. not just with you I, I i really like you you know a lot and, and i hope he's here for a long time and i hope he does amazingly well but like the rest of our staff is amazing mm-hmm. you know I, and and it's just i think that we've got a good core and 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 i think kids are seeing that and i and i I just hope that that stays, that kind of feeling stays, um, and for 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 as long as it can, and and um, develop and uh, keep reaching, you know, these young guys that and, and and enticing them to come and be a part of something that's special because Auburn is special. Every recruit out there will say it. it just felt like family. You just felt like home. Yep. You know, that's a different way of of than you know Alabama's awesome. They have an awesome team, but it's not home. It isn't. I have. I have. I don't want to have ever heard anybody describe it that way. No, for, no. You for, go. For, you go to Alabama. You go to Alabama to play football, and that's pretty it's, much it. I mean, yeah. you go. It's it's look. It's all business there, and and look, they've been yeah. very successful, but it is all business right. at Alabama. Anyway, man, that's, I'm just excited. Three more days. Three more days. Man, I'm, I'm excited. Anyway, where <laughs> I go, buddy? Appreciate the call, Shay. Great to hear from you. 334-321-1390. I love getting calls like that. I do. I love getting calls like that because a year ago, a year ago today, I was sitting in this exact chair, in this exact studio with this exact microphone, and I was having to tell you, the fan, you, the listener, trying to get you excited for Albert football when you just weren't excited, when there really wasn't a whole lot to be excited about, right? That was a really, really tough thing for me to do. And I wasn't lying to you. I wasn't trying to, to, to pull your leg or do anything like that. But I was trying, and we were trying when Carter was here, and everybody in this town and everybody that covers Albert football, we were trying to build some form of excitement and some form of engagement and some form of of pride in Auburn football because for the first time in my life it had been lost the first time in my life those things had been lost across this fan base and it's not the fan base's fault by any means there's a lot of factors there there's a lot of things that played into that but it's so nice and again the word that comes up is refreshing That's the word that continues to be used. 
it's nice to talk to a head coach in a press conference and he'll answer your question. He doesn't beat around the bush. He doesn't give you coach speak. He doesn't get upset and how dare you ask me that kind of question. We've seen some emotion from Hugh Freeze, but not a ton. But he's a very humble guy. He has humility. And when I speak with head coach Hugh Freeze, or when I see head coach Freeze, like he's out on campus the other day, right? He's out talking with students. Those are things that bring a fan base closer together. Those are the things that bring a fan base closer to the football program or any program in that matter. That's what Bruce Pearl did. That's exactly what Bruce Pearl did when he got to Auburn. He was out on campus. He was talking with the media. He was open. He was honest. He was a human being because that's what these guys are. And so it's really, really good to have a guy like Hugh Freeze who is just another guy. And I don't mean that in a bad way by any means. He is the head coach of Auburn University. He is making a lot of money. He has a lot of responsibility. He has a lot of power. But if you just ran into him at church or on the or, or in the street or at Byron's for breakfast and you didn't know who he was, you wouldn't know who he was. And I think that's a really interesting thing. And I think that's something that is a very uncommon characteristic in today's world of college football. 334-321-1390. We'll go ahead and take a break, come back, talk about practice from yesterday. Also, captains were named for Auburn football in 2023. We'll talk about both of those things when we come back here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. All right, back inside the studio here at ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Phone lines continuing to be open for the next few minutes, 334-321-1390. Shane, we appreciate the call. Great way to start off the show on a Wednesday afternoon. But do want to talk a little notes from Auburn football's practice yesterday. We got about a 30-minute viewing window uh, yesterday afternoon. As soon as I got off the air, I posted the podcast and hauled over to the football facility. And man, You can tell the classes are back. You can tell this town has grown. It takes forever to get on from one side of town to the other. I mean, it takes forever to get one place to the other. So many red lights, so many people that don't know how to drive. It's unbelievable. But this town is, there's a lot of people in this town now. But once I did get over there and we got a chance to see practice, I got to see a little bit, nothing crazy, but we did get to see Uh, 30 minutes there was no stretching yesterday it was 30 minutes of drills and different formations and stuff and so uh, nothing like offense versus defense or anything like that but um, did get to see about 30 minutes of practice yesterday and here are some of the notes that I took uh, while I was there watched the linebackers that was the first group that I watched yesterday and man I don't know who's going to officially start game one or game two or beyond and I don't know what the rotation in that room is going to be like But the linebackers, just from a physicality standpoint, look really, really good to me. I mean, look really, really good. Larry Nixon III, Cam Riley, and Eugene Asante are the guys that I underlined and and put stars next to on my roster yesterday that really just, they were doing a drill where they would basically start in formation and they'd come up and wrap up a dummy and push it about five yards. And man, 
when those guys did it, it just looked a little bit different. Like the physicality and the speed and the strength and the aggression that those guys had at the linebacker spot. If they hit somebody like that on Saturday, it's going to get ugly. And I can't wait. I can't wait. And so really, really excited about that linebacker room. Um, What is their technique or what is their IQ going to be like in game? We still got to learn that a little bit. But just from watching in practice yesterday, I was really, really impressed uh, with with everybody that went. But the guys that I underlined again, Larry Nixon, Cam Riley, and Eugene Asante. Um, But you still have guys at the jack position like Elijah McAllister, Stephen Sings, Jalen McLeod, right? You still have Austin Keys at that linebacker spot as well. So you have depth. And this is what we talked about yesterday with uh, with Daryl Daprich was you have depth in the linebacker room. You have for once in a long, long time, you can trust the linebackers and you cannot pray and cross your fingers and hope to the Lord that somebody doesn't get hurt, which we do anyway. But I'm saying in the past... If somebody, if the starter got hurt, Auburn was doomed. Auburn was going to walk-ons for linebackers. You don't have that anymore. You don't have that anymore. You've got guys where there should be little to no drop-off when Austin Keys comes out and Larry Nixon goes in, or when Eugene Asante comes out and Cam Riley steps in. Like, I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of drop-off this season. I think it's going to be a very steady linebacker room that's going to get better as the year goes on and you know me about linebackers it's my favorite position group on defense it's the most important and it's my favorite and I'm excited about what these guys are going to bring to that room this fall also some other notes offensively I know this is where (laughs) this is where a lot of people want to hear and hear what's going on and get our takes on this watch the quarterbacks throw yesterday watch Peyton Thorne and Robbie and Holden Watch the receivers do different routes. Um, One thing that I know Dan and Bill talked about yesterday on the drive when Dan got back from practice, and they're absolutely right, a lot of the undercut slant routes, a lot of the drag routes, um, that's what we saw a lot of yesterday in the drills that they were doing. Um, Each quarterback would line up and they'd have a go-to receiver that would run a certain route and try to hit them timing, and and they were working on catching a turning up field real fast. those are going to be very, very crucial for Auburn this season. And you look back at what Hugh Freeze has done in his time at Ole Miss, his time at Liberty, they run a lot of those. And again, Bill and Dan mentioned this yesterday, and it's another great point. I think you're going to see some form of tight end type screen plays. And what I mean by that is, or pick plays, that's the better way to put it, right? In basketball, when... When you go up and set a pick for somebody, what are you doing? You're avoiding, you're, you're basically restricting the defense from getting to the other offensive player. I think you could see that a little bit with Auburn this year when it comes to tight ends and wide receiver drag routes, underneath routes, coming across the formation five or six yards, and then turning up field and making a play. I think you're going to see a lot of that this year because look at your receivers. You've got guys that can outrun anybody in the country with Caleb Burton, Coy Moore, Jair Shorter, Amari Kelly. Like, you have guys that can outrun Jay Fair, guys that can outrun you, but then also guys that are tall can go up and get it, like a Shane Hooks, like a Camden Brown. Both of those guys looked really good yesterday. I also highlighted them on my depth chart. They looked really, really good yesterday. And 
just super, super impressed with with Hooks and Camden Brown. Brown looked good, and and I say that because we know he was dealing with some with some injury stuff going on uh, throughout early fall camp. Uh, Nick Martiner did practice. I believe all the wide receivers practiced yesterday. Nick Martiner wasn't a hundred percent just from the eye test. Um, he was out there catching balls and and you know running through through the routes and stuff. But you could tell that he just wasn't he wasn't quite there yet. But it's good to see him in practice good to see him working out and good to see him getting some reps um but i will say this i will say this the performance and put performance in quotations here the performance that auburn's quarterbacks and receivers had yesterday and the drills that we got to watch that i got to see of about 15 minutes wasn't overly impressive to me it was a little sloppy and what i mean by that is there were some drop balls. There were some miscommunications. And these were basic drills. It's nothing super crazy. It's just there were some timing issues. Uh, there were some accuracy issues. There were some drops. Um, there were a couple times where they just had somebody would run the wrong route and they just have to stop and reset. Um, there, there was some, some sloppiness there. Now, it picked up as it went on, and I only got to see – Again, 15 minutes of a full three or four hour practice, however long they're going nowadays. But there's still work to be done. And I will say a lot of those problems were not when Peyton Thorne was the quarterback. Um, I will say that. But still, it happened across the board. It happened against multiple wide receivers. And there's no defense in these drills. And don't read too much into this. I'm just telling you what I saw what I what I'm what I was able to see and break down for you. Does that make me concerned and worried for Saturday? No. Does it make me concerned or worried for the season as a whole? Not yet. But that's what's important about these three games coming up against UMass, Cal, and Sanford. You have a chance to fix those things. You have a chance to work on those things. And you have a chance to get better in the wide receiver room. So those are the notes that I had yesterday. I watched the two groups that were all really, really zoned in on, the receivers and the linebackers. Obviously got to see the quarterbacks with the receivers a little bit, so that was good. Um, Peyton Thorne looked good. Timing was good. Throws were good. There was a couple not, but for the most part, uh, he looked good. Holden still has the best-looking ball, by the way. Just just staying on that track. Um, He has the best-looking ball, and it's not even close. But outside of practice – Earlier, uh, I guess later in the afternoon slash evening yesterday, Auburn announced their football captains for 2023. And interested to, I want to run through them really quick. And later on in the show, we'll talk about it and I'll open up the phone lines for you to give your thoughts. Uh, Not yet because we're about to get to a break and then Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 will join us. But looking at the, the captains that were named for Auburn in 2023, you have four of them, four captains for this Auburn football team. Auburn selected tight end Luke Deal, offensive lineman Cam Stutz, Jack Elijah McAllister, and your starting quarterback Peyton Thorne as their four captains for 2023. Interesting group. Uh, interesting group of, of captains here. All three that attended SEC Media Days in Nashville for this year, they are your captains for 2023 with Cam Stutz. Luke Deal, and Elijah McAllister. And then Peyton Thorne, your starting quarterback, the transfer quarterback, who wasn't even here in the spring. 
He worked out over the summer, and he's practiced for a few weeks this fall. And yet, he was named a starter for Auburn football. That speaks a lot to me. That says a lot to me about what Peyton Thorne has done in his limited amount of time here. It says a lot to me about Peyton Thorne as a guy, as a man, as a football player, as a leader in the locker room. It says a lot about what he could do for Auburn in 2023. The fact that he's been here this short amount of time and they already voted him as one of the four captains on the team, only four, and Peyton Thorne's one of those guys, that's got to make you feel good, not? Uh, I mean, that's got to make you feel good, right? It does for me. And obviously the coaches see something in him because he's the starter. And obviously the players see something in him because they voted him as a captain. Luke Deal, Cam Stutz, Elijah McAllister, Peyton Thorne, your captains for Auburn football in 2023. We'll talk some more about that later on in the show, but when we come back, Jordan Hill of Dogs 247, our usual Wednesday 2.30 guest, will join us to get you caught up on the Georgia Bulldogs and preview their first week matchup this Saturday. Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. All right, we're halfway through hour number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader ESPN 1067. And as we do every single Wednesday at 2.30, we welcome in Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 on the phone lines. Jordan, happy game week, man. How are you? Hey, doing great, Jacob. And yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about how quickly it felt like the off season went by. But uh, super uh, excited, you know, for the season to get here, and uh, you know, looking forward to some games on Thursday night to kind of roll us into a big week of football. Yeah. Well, what uh, before we talk Georgia specifically, what uh, what games had caught your eye coming up for the SEC? We know we have uh, Florida, Utah Thursday night. You've got South Carolina, North Carolina Saturday, LSU, Florida State Sunday. So, what games, those included, are you going to be keeping an eye on around this extended first week of college football? Truly, I know we had week zero, but this full first weekend of college football. I think you hit on the big ones. I'm interested to see what Florida looks like against Utah. And, you know, there's some rumors that Cam Rising may not play for Utah in that game. That would be a huge win for Florida. A good, uh, you know, test to see how good they're going to be this season. Uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, I think South Carolina is capable of beating North Carolina, but North Carolina's got a whole lot of talent. want to see that. And truthfully, I feel like LSU, Florida State, those are two teams I could see making the college football playoff. So uh, those are some big games as well. Uh, it's going to be fun to kind of follow along. It it sort of adds up uh, nicely for Georgia. They don't kick off till five Central time uh, on Saturday, so I'll get a chance to watch a little bit of ball, and I'll probably have maybe my phone pulled up during some of the UT Martin games, see what's going on. But uh, it's just it's a good problem to have to be flipping around to different games and uh, seeing what's going on in week one. You're telling me that Georgia UT Martin isn't going to be a four quarter ball game, and you're not going to be locked in and focused and ready to go for the Skyhawks and the Dogs all all on Saturday night, Jordan? 
Well, I'll say this. If it is a four-quarter game, Jacob, we may have to censor uh, the uh, the junkyard uh, message board because <laughs> that, that is not going to spell very nice uh, messages being posted on our board. I can promise you that. But it may get interesting, no doubt. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that uh, UT Martin team in this game coming up in just a few minutes. But now that fall practice is over, right, now that the offseason is over, Jordan, it is officially game week. I know uh, teams across the SEC, coaches across the country have flipped their uh really flipped the mindset and flipped the mentality going into this game week so what have you heard from uh from georgia and kirby smart as the dogs approach game day on saturday i thought it was really interesting getting to hear some of the players and kirby as well you know it's kind of a a different type of season opener for georgia last two years they opened with oregon and clemson obviously very big uh, highly anticipated games and, uh, you know, UT Martin, all due respect, is not quite to that level. And I thought Javon Bullard said it best when we talked to him and said, hey, we want to beat everybody we play, you know, whether it's UT Martin, whether it's uh, the New England Patriots is who we threw out. Uh, you know, we want to win and we want to dominate. So I think that's sort of the mindset. I think that they, um, you know, when you consider playing this game, I do think it kind of helps uh, the fact that it is the season opener. And it's like, hey, we want to go out there and hit somebody else. Um, I think the fact that, the opponent is who it is. I don't think that necessarily takes away uh, from how excited these guys are, uh, especially, too, you know, Georgia didn't have any home night games last year, as hard as that is to believe. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, so I, think, I think that's going to be another motivation for these guys because it's going to get loud uh, in Sanford Stadium, the uh, home opener. Uh, you know, I think that they understand what they're kind of walking into as far as the quality of opponent. Uh, but I don't think they're going to sleepwalk through this. I think they're excited to be back between the hedges and uh, to have a chance to uh, just strap it up and play again. Auburn has made some some upgrades and some uh, some changes to the game day experience at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Anything of note at Sanford Stadium that Georgia has done going into this season? Well, the big thing is they have done some construction around the bridge area of Sanford Stadium. So that's going to be something that fans are going to have to adjust to when they come. Uh, this season they're doing some upgrades that will continue uh, in the lead up to the 2024 season so uh, some of the navigation I think around the stadium is going to be a little different Uh, one of the pluses is on the south side of the stadium they sort of widen the concourse which uh, for any Auburn fans listening if they've been in Sanford Stadium anytime in the last few years uh, that is a welcomed adjustment because it gets tight especially in some of those big SEC games there's a lot of people trying to walk around Uh, but other than that you know they've done a good job of sort of sprucing up the stadium. I mean, the stadium is coming up on uh, 100 years old. I mean, it has been in wow. use since 1929, and they've sort of renovated uh, around it, obviously, over the years. Um, but I think they did a good job of um, – they've added a lot of, like, artwork uh, along sides of the stadium and trying to spruce up and uh, honor some of the history within the program. So, yeah, I think they've done a good job of sort of putting the finishing touches on, uh, you know, getting these improvements in place. Some of the construction is still going to be going on through the season. Uh, But I think on the whole, once fans get through these first few games, they're going to sort of understand uh, the best ways to navigate the stadium and uh, what they're sort of getting into on a game day. He covers Georgia better than most, and uh, he writes for Dogs 247. Jordan Hill talking to us on the phone lines. He joins us every Wednesday here on the show. 
Any news or injury updates that Auburn fans or SEC fans need to know about with this Georgia team heading into the game against UT Martin and then, of course, looking ahead for Ball State in that matchup with South Carolina? Any notes that that we need to know about and especially injury updates happening over there in Athens? I think the biggest thing is running back. And, uh, you know, it's sort of hard to get a feel for what it'll look like long term. Uh, The two uh, players to watch are Dejon Edwards and Kendall Milton. And we asked Kirby about it on Tuesday night after their Tuesday practice. And he said things were looking good. That Dejon Edwards, who's been dealing with an MCL injury, uh, is no longer in a non contact jersey. And uh, Kendall Milton, who's been dealing with a hamstring injury, still in a non contact, but he said he's progressing well. So I think long-term, it signals pretty good things for Georgia. I don't know how much they're going to run those guys on Saturday. And, Jacob, as we've already sort of hit on, you know, I don't know how much they're going to need to run those guys. They right. kind of play it safe. Uh, but uh, I think that, uh, on the whole, they're, they're pretty healthy. I mean, they've been banged up and had a few guys miss practice here or there. But um, the biggest injury was a couple weeks ago with Branson Robinson uh, getting hurt and being lost for the season. But, uh, besides him, I think the injury prognosis are pretty good, and uh, you know we'll see how much those guys actually play in this UT Martin game. But I think on the whole, when you look forward to the next few weeks, they're in pretty good shape health-wise. You, you mentioned that you had a chance to talk with Kirby Smart uh, on Tuesday after practice. What what was his what was his message to to you, the media, or maybe that he told his team about walking into this game against UT Martin as we sort of get into talking about this game itself? Um, Georgia uh, will win this football game. I don't think there's any concern with that. But what did Kirby Smart say about UT Martin and just the message overall going into Week One? I think the approach he wants his players to have is sort of setting the standard for the rest of the week. I thought it was really revealing. After we had talked to Kirby, we talked to Zion Logue, who's one of the veteran defensive linemen. He said, you know, that uh, Kirby kind of challenged them on Monday, saying that a practice in game week looks a little different than a practice during fall camp. You know, he wanted to see that intensity. He wanted to see that energy. And based on what some of the other players said, they would seen it, you know, that they had – uh, brought the juice uh, that they were ready to go, understanding that they're only a few days away from the first game. You know, Kirby understands that uh, the quality of opponent is not what they faced in the past, but he doesn't really look at that as an excuse. You know, he said he's wanting to see these guys sort of reach the standard, set a new standard for a new year. He's been someone that every time anyone has asked him about the potential of a three-peat, um, that he's really doubled down and said, you know, the, the what the previous two teams did has no bearing on this team. And uh, I understand sort of that mindset, especially when you consider year after year how many people have graduated from the teams that won the championship, have gone on to the NFL, who or who have even transferred. Um, you know, they've got a lot of guys that have proven themselves, but they got guys stepping up into new roles, and they need to see if those guys are up for the challenge, starting with week one against UT Martin. It's so impressive to me, Jordan, how – Kirby Smart has continued to keep that mentality and mindset of, I don't care what last year's team did. I don't care that we're national champions. I don't care that we're back-to-back national champions. That has no impact and effect on what you do on this team in 2023 because I've been talking to you for over a year now, Jordan, and you've been telling me that same message because that's what Kirby keeps preaching to his team, and it really just it really is impressive to me that he can keep that keep that mentality and, and really put it into his team. Definitely, and I do think, as I sort of hit on there a second ago, 
it helps when you have roster turnover. I mean, they're breaking in a new starting quarterback. They don't have a guy like Jalen Carter on the defensive line. They do have questions coming into the season. Now, the way they've recruited the last few years and even the way they've gotten some of those backups into games and to play some significant snaps, it certainly helps. And, you know, it, there's you know it's not a coincidence that a lot of us expect Georgia to very much fight for that third national title and to contend in that way. But I do think it helps when you have that type of roster overhaul where you have guys moving on the NFL and moving on to greener pastures elsewhere. Uh, that you can kind of say, look, guys, you know, you can't really rest on your laurels from the past. You've got a lot of unproven people behind you. And the guys that, uh, you know, are unproven or are going to play bigger roles than they did in the past, you know, we've talked to several guys this offseason who have said, yeah, you know, being on this national championship team the last few years, it's fun, but, you know, I want my own. You know, I want to be a part of winning a national championship, not just watching from the sideline. And I'd say chief among them are Car- is Carson Beck who uh, said as much uh, that he had talked about, you know, there's a difference in being on a national championship team and being a national champion. You know, he has been on the team the last two years, but you know, didn't play a whole lot uh, mm-hmm. between those two national championships. He wants to win one for himself. There's a lot of guys like that on this team, and they're going to put in the work to see if they can do it. How are Georgia fans feeling about Carson Beck? It's been a couple of weeks since he was announced the starter. As we get closer to game week again, UT Martin not going to be a real test for him in this team. But how are Georgia fans feeling? Any more confidence? Any more maybe questioning on him being the starter? What's the feeling right now for the fan base on Carson Beck? I think there's optimism. I think they recognize that he's a guy that bided his time and waited his turn. And, and he's a really talented guy. You know, He's got a big arm. He's yeah. shown it in spots. You know, he was uh, Stetson's backup last year. I think he played in about seven games and uh, gave you little flashes of, okay, if this is the guy, you know, he, he's got some talent. So I'm sure that there's a little bit of, uh, you know, uneasiness just with what comes with always having uh, a, a new starter at the quarterback position. But I think people are excited. I think people, too, appreciate the fact that he's waited around, you know, in an era uh, of college football where you got quarterbacks who are going to move on at a certain point and try to uh, make sure they can start somewhere. You know, Carson's something of a rarity. He's waited his time. Uh, there's a few times where it looked like he was going to start and get the didn't get the opportunity, um, but he stayed at Georgia. He's uh, told us uh, last week that the camaraderie within the program and the relationships with his teammates was a big part of why he waited it out decided to stay at Georgia. I think fans are excited to see him get this opportunity and and, uh, are definitely optimistic that he's able to make the most of it. I got to bring it up, man. The schedule for Georgia this season in 2023, it may not be the hardest one an SEC team has had to play in the past couple years, Jordan. I mean, you got a couple games in there. You do have to play on the road at Auburn. You're on the road at Tennessee. Um, You get Kentucky and South Carolina at home. It just doesn't seem like it's the, maybe the toughest schedule that Georgia's going to have to to play in, in recent years, and I think that's going to be a huge benefit for them trying to three-peat, right? It'll definitely help, and I always like to point out that they were going to play Oklahoma in Week 2, and with Oklahoma coming in, the SEC sort of nixed uh, that series. So that would have definitely bolstered the schedule a little bit. That would have been out in Oklahoma. But, yeah, I mean, it sets up to me, especially as someone who covers this team, it's kind of hard to get a great feel of what this team is going to be as you go through those early games. I mean, that South Carolina game in week three is kind of going to be the first test we get where we mm-hmm. can 
a sort of look and see what we make of this team on really all three phases of the game. Um, but what I always like to point out is you have to keep in mind if they were to hit you know, a, a tough spot along the way, if they were to lose a game, you don't have the benefit of saying, well, we played a really hard schedule if you're trying to be in that college football playoff race, uh, which I expect Georgia will be in. So it kind of cuts both ways, you know, and we could see some of these teams surprised. I think Tennessee's going to be really good. I think Kentucky has the potential to unseat Tennessee in that number two spot in the SEC East. Uh, we, could, we could see some uh, teams surprised, but uh, yeah, it's definitely not the toughest schedule in the world, and it's sort of up to Georgia to maximize what they've got and to understand they don't have very much margin for error when it comes to the schedule. Georgia kicking off the 2023 campaign with UT Martin on Saturday. Jordan, before we let you get out of here, just your your expectations and maybe a score prediction for Saturday. What are you, what are you looking for from Georgia in this game against UT Martin where uh, they're such big favorites, there's not even a betting line for it? Yeah, I think that it's going to be sort of your run-of-the-mill FBS, FCS game. I think the biggest thing for me, I want to see Georgia's cornerbacks who gets the start opposite Kamari Laster because it's really – the biggest competition that we still don't have an answer on since quarterback, we know it's going to be Carson Beck. But who plays there? How much rotation do we see there and how they're able to play? Outside of that, it's probably just the running game, too. Who all gets involved? Or they kind of hold out Dejon Edwards and Kendall Milton, as we mentioned earlier, because it may be better for them to uh, play it safe rather than have regrets after the fact. But I'm taking Georgia 45-3. to I don't think that – uh, there's going to be saying anything too crazy. I do think Carson Beck will play well in his first start in Stanford Stadium. I think the defense is going to hold its own. And uh, UT Martin, not a terrible FCS team, but no match for a team like Georgia. Uh, should be a, a pretty uh, run-of-the-mill game on Saturday night. And I expect Georgia to move on to 1-0 and get ready for Ball State next week. Jordan, as always, man, it's a blast talking to you. I appreciate you and your time. Looking forward to uh, talking with you throughout football and basketball season every Wednesday here on the show. Let everybody know where they can find you, your fantastic coverage, and uh, and you're going to be at the game Saturday, right? So make sure people can find your coverage. Oh, definitely. Yep, I'll be up there in the press box. But it's dogs247.com on Twitter at Jordan Davis Hill on Twitter at dogs247 and. Hard to believe, but the countdown is uh, almost over, ready for the season to get underway and and ready to get back to work, Jacob. I'm sure you understand that. Yes, I do. It is a busy time all around in this business, and so uh, we're just excited for football to be back. But, Jordan, again, a pleasure uh, talking with you. Always a blast, and I'll talk to you next Wednesday recapping uh, this game against UT Martin and previewing the game against Ball State. Sounds like a plan. Thanks, Jordan. Appreciate it. That is Jordan Hill of Dogs247. Again, he joins us every single Wednesday at 2.30 here on On the Line, getting you caught up on the Georgia Bulldogs. May take a couple weeks before we get to talk to him about a real matchup for the Bulldogs, but look, their schedule's not super, super tough, but he made a really good point. If Georgia slips up somewhere, they don't have the benefit of saying they played a tough schedule. I think it's a really good point. So thanks to Jordan for joining us as he does every Wednesday. We'll take our final break, come back, wrap up hour number one, and then we'll get into hour number two here on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. 
All right, wrapping up our number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. Big thank you, as always, to Jordan Hill of Dogs 247. He joins us every Wednesday. He will throughout football and basketball season, uh, getting you uh, all the information you need on the Georgia Bulldogs. So excited to uh, have him on once again this season every single Wednesday. Um, Look, again with Georgia, um, they play UT Martin. They do get a night game at home for the first time in over a year. So congrats on that. That was kind of ridiculous that they didn't get a single night game at home last year. Not extremely fair, but whatever. Um, you Congratulations, you get a night game against UT Martin where the game will be over by the first half. So take it in, Georgia fans. Um, you may not get another one this season. You got UT Martin, then Ball State, And like Jordan said, I think their first real test is going to be South Carolina. Now, you get that game at home if you're Georgia. So your first real road test is when you come to Auburn. Is when Georgia comes to Auburn in week five on September 30th. A month exactly today. How about that? A month from now, we'll be watching Auburn, Georgia inside of Jordan-Hare Stadium. And I've already talked about what that game could be. If Auburn somehow... Well, first of all, if Auburn handles business on the front end and you beat UMass, you beat Cal, and you beat Sanford, and if you can somehow find a way to go on the road and beat Texas A&M in week four, that's a top 25 matchup inside Jordan-Hare Stadium on September 30th when Georgia comes. It will be. So think about that. Think about how exciting that would be and how much fun that would be. And I think that would be Georgia's Probably their second test of the year because, again, I, th- I do think South Carolina will give them a run for their money. But you're on the road for the first time. They play four straight home games to start the year. Four before coming on the road to Auburn, then back home for Kentucky on the road at Vanderbilt. You play Florida neutral site, Missouri, Ole Miss. You're on the road at Tennessee and then on the road at Georgia Tech. I don't know, man not a great schedule but like jordan said if you slip up you don't have the luxury of playing a difficult schedule so we'll see georgia will handle business on saturday though not too worried about that coming up in hour number two austin hannon will join us of bama central plus we'll talk some more auburn football captains were named notes from practice and whatever else is on your mind give me a call 334-321-1390 hour number two of the wednesday edition of on the line coming up ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 
Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway here in hour number two on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 1067. If you missed any of the first hour of today's show, be sure to go and catch up with the podcast. You know where to find it at this point, right? ESPNAU.com or just search On the Line wherever you get your podcast. We talked a lot about Auburn football practice and uh, we talked just some genetic Eric Auburn stuff. We had a couple great calls in that first hour talking uh, just about Auburn and the excitement for this 2023 season. And, and I always welcome those calls and would love to hear from you here in the second hour. But talked a lot about that. We talked some notes from Auburn football's practice yesterday because us media, uh, we had a viewing window of about 30 minutes. It's about what we're, we're getting so far. Uh, so a 30-minute window, talked about that, talked about the captains as well that Auburn has voted for 2023. Then we talked with Jordan Hill of Dogs 247, uh, getting you uh, all the information on the Georgia Bulldogs as they get ready to take on uh, UT Martin this weekend in their opener for 2023. So if you missed any of that, again, ESPNAU.com. You can find the podcast commercial-free right after the show today, also at ESPNAU.com. While I'm thinking about this, our SEC Football Challenge is officially live. It is back. We are doing it once again this year. It's for 2023, obviously, our 2023 SEC Football Challenge. It is a season-long um, uh, it's a season-long challenge where you go in every single week and you pick your games, pick the winner of every SEC game for that week. And so here's how it works. Go to ESPNAU.com, click on the contest tab, and scroll down to where you see 2023 SEC Football Challenge. It's all brought to you by Johnny Brusco's, uh, the Orthopedic Clinic, Tzatziki's, and Vintage uh, 2298 Butcher Shop. So a big thank you to all of them for sponsoring this. Um, you go on every single week. you got to log in. If you did it last year, log in with your email and password. If you're new to it this year, register. takes all but about two minutes. Put your name, your email, create a password, and that's what you'll log in with every single week. Then you go on, and for this week, every SEC matchup is there. And you all you do is you just pick who you think is going to win, and each game is worth one point. At the end of each week, when all the games have happened, when all the game results are in, we will basically, the, the website, the contest itself, will add up the points. There will be a winner each and every single week. All right, There's a weekly winner. And so there's a con- there's a prize for each winner of each week. And then your score adds up all season long. And at the very end of the season, there's a grand prize for whoever has picked the most games, has the most points correctly. So keep that in mind. Go to ESPNAU.com, our SEC football challenge. It's live right now. And this week's a little bit different because Florida and Utah play tomorrow night. So if you're going to get in this thing, you got to go today or tomorrow. All right, go today or tomorrow, ESPNAU.com, under the contest tab, SEC Football Challenge, and pick your games. They're all on there. Florida, Utah, Tennessee, Virginia, Mississippi State, Southeastern Louisiana. They're all there, all right? So go and pick your games. Uh, every Friday here on the show, uh, you know, Uncle T joins me in hour number two on Fridays for On the Line Fridays, brought to you by Sensagreen. 
We'll make our picks live here on the show. We're going to do that every Friday in the second hour. Make our picks for SEC games, maybe some other games around college football, and then talk about Auburn and the game coming up. But we're going to use this website so you can log in, have a username, you can compete with us all season long. Really, really excited for that. So the SEC Football Challenge at ESPNAU.com. Go get your picks in because Florida, Utah plays tomorrow. Let's get to the phone lines here in hour number two, three three four, three two one, thirteen ninety. And Terry, you're on the line, man. What's up? Hey Jacob, how you doing, man? Doing fantastic, Terry. How are you? Pretty good. Jacob, is that guy Jordan Hill his name is running with you at two thirty? Is he yeah. gonna be on every week? Every I'm anxious week. to hear him after Auburn beats him. <laughs> he is on every week, Terry, as he has been for, for quite some time. Yep, he'll be with us every Wednesday. Well, I'm just I'm just anxious to hear him after after look, I think I think Jordan's gonna lose two games. I think they're gonna lose that Auburn and that Tennessee both. Really? Now you've hey yes, you've I, been on the you've been on this Auburn's going to beat Georgia train since the summer. I just think you lose a lot of guys. In the NFL eventually catches up to you. What's catching up to Alabama right now? It just take a long. But they had so many guys leaving early. Guys didn't never got past their junior years. Yeah, and that, that eventually does catch up to you. It's understandable, but I think I mean you know you got to give credit to Georgia and Kirby Smart. They when they lose guys, they restock and reload, and you do, you absolutely do. But I'm saying yeah, okay. just in general, they restock and they reload. And sure, it does catch up to teams here and there where you have so many new <clears> faces, <throat> so many young guys that you're relying on to make such big plays and such big games. Um, but I mean, Georgia's still just unbelievably talented, Terry. You know that. So well, is it? Yeah, but. Sometimes, Jacob, I wonder if people don't underestimate how many time, how much a team meshes together at the right time. And I believe those two teams are just, you know, back-to-back guys mesh together really, really well. Which is absolutely fair. And you know what, Terry? One thing that would that gives your, your pick about Auburn beating Georgia gives it some, some flavor here is the fact that Georgia doesn't really play a whole lot of people before they come to Jordan-Hare Stadium. They have four straight home games. Three of them are going to be 30-point-plus wins. And their other game is at home against South Carolina, which will be a good game. But this will be Georgia's real true test to start 2023 is in week five of the season when they come on the road to the Plains. Yeah, see, that there's another factor. that They're not going to know how to react in a close game if they're winning games by you know four touchdowns. Which is very true. If, if somebody takes them into the fourth quarter with, with, with you know, a close game tied or a close game, they're not going to – a young team isn't going to know how to react to that. Yeah, a young quarterback as well with Carson Beck. Right. So, you know, I've been on that train for a while. I, I just don't think Georgia's – Y'all are immensely talented. I don't deny that to anybody. It'd be ridiculous to deny that. But I think Auburn's going to be significantly improved on the line of scrimmage. I think that's where the game is won and lost still. Now, I say all the time, people want to win on defense. you got to win with a great defense. No, the game is played on offense now. That's the way the game is played. So, yeah, and, yeah, I mean, and, and, and you heard Jordan talk about, as he has multiple times over the past couple of weeks, the running back room at Georgia, there's some concern. I mean, they've got some injuries there. They've got some question marks there. And we know that with a young quarterback in any team, in any college football situation, especially in the Southeastern Conference, you have to be able to rely on your running game. And if Georgia can't do that, and they have to put all the pressure on Carson Beck Carson to get Beck. it to somebody like uh, Brock Bowers, then yeah, they may struggle early on. And Jacob, do you think Auburn fans, because UMass looked impressive than I, I'm, are, are saying they're better than we thought they were? I think Auburn's going to destroy them. Yeah, it's you know there, there's so many different takes on this. Look, right. before UMass won, and credit credit to the Minutemen of UMass. Right, I've said this already. They were seven point underdogs. They won by double digits on the road at New Mexico State as a bottom ten college football team in America. They won, and they are one and zero. And you cannot take that away from them. They gave up almost 500 yards and 30 points to New Mexico State. 
You're telling me that Auburn's not going to do double that on Saturday? Right. Right? I mean, it just yeah, doesn't, it doesn't make sense for me. Look, there's no, there's no concern with Auburn not performing against UMass. The only concern is Auburn just not performing in general because it's week one and there's so many new names and new faces on this Auburn team as well. I believe he's probably Auburn rushes for 350-plus. And they absolutely should. They absolutely should. What about five different running backs, Terry? Yeah. When, you're, when, you're, when uh, Hugh Freeze has a turnaround to say, anybody stands want to play? You know you got an easy game. <laughs> That's exactly right. Appreciate the call, Terry. Good to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Um, look, Terry has been on the he's been on the Auburn beating Georgia train for a little bit. I mean, he and he believes it. And I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm not. I'm not saying he's wrong. I think there is there is a chance that that could happen. Again, if Auburn gets some wins, if Auburn builds some momentum, gets some confidence, goes on the road and beats Texas A&M. You're a top 25 team. The atmosphere is going to be electric in Jordan-Hare Stadium. And I think that combination paired with Georgia having one true game under their belt before they play Auburn, yeah, it could absolutely happen. And again, how does Carson Beck look five games into the season? How does Carson Beck look in his first true road game in his college football career? And it's not just any road game. It's one of the hardest atmospheres in college football. So... There's a lot of factors there. And as I just told Terry, what if Georgia can't run the ball? What if their offensive line's not as good? What if their running backs aren't healthy and can't go and they don't have a guy they can truly turn and hand the ball off to and rely on? Those are all things that you have to put in, you have to be able to do to go on the road and win in the SEC. So there's a lot of things that can stack up here. On the flip side, if Auburn goes on the road and loses at Cal, and Auburn goes on the road and loses at Texas A&M, and this is a 2-2 two and two football team and Georgia rolls in 4-0, and oh, yeah, the confidence probably isn't going to be very high when Georgia comes to town. There, have to, there are certain things that have to happen before the Auburn-Georgia game if the Tigers want to have a chance to get the upset. But Terry, if it happens, I know you better be the first one to call on that Monday afternoon and, and, and praise yourself because you've been on it longer than anybody and look Jordan Hill he will absolutely tell you what happened and I, lo- I love Jordan for that that's all of my guests are that way there's a reason I have the guests that I do because they're honest they're open they may cover certain teams but they're going to tell you what they think and they're going to tell you what happened and why it happened and I think Jordan would absolutely do that if Auburn were to beat Georgia in week five three three four three two one thirteen ninety again go get your picks in uh for the sec football challenge at espnau.com that is open now it closes uh every other week it closes friday night at midnight but this week uh, you got to get that florida utah pick in before that because they play tomorrow so just keep that in mind but um looking at this auburn team and sort of looking at uh practice yesterday again i had a Media had a chance to go and view practice yesterday and kind of kind of look and see what's going on as we get closer and closer to game week. And that's, again, to go back to what I was saying right there for a second with Terry. This weekend, he was asking about UMass. I'm not, nobody is worried about UMass, okay? No disrespect to them. None. No disrespect to them at all. They're 1-0. They basically defied all odds when they went on the road and beat New Mexico State. But they gave up almost 500 yards to a New Mexico State team that's also a bottom 10 team in college football. They're not good on defense. 
And I know Hugh Freeze talked about it, and I know he gave them praise, and I know he praised their head coach and praised the scheme and the plays that they run and the formations that they have. But you gave up 500 yards and 30 points to a New Mexico State team. Auburn's going to be able to put up 600 yards and 60 points if they want to. I don't think they will, but they could. And you're going to see so many different guys get involved at the quarterback spot, at the running back spot, at the wide receiver spot, at the linebacker spot, safeties, corners, defensive end, offensive, defensive line, tight end, every position on the football field. You're going to see tons of names and tons of faces. And so the concern early on, I think for all three of these first games for Auburn, UMass, Cal especially, and Sanford, I'm not worried about the opponent. I could care less at the opponent who it is because these teams are not as good as Auburn. They're not as talented as Auburn. They're not as well coached as Auburn. The worry is not the other team beating Auburn. I think the concern that some Auburn fans may have, and maybe even some people in our position in the media, radio, what have you, especially that Cal game week two, the concern is Auburn beating themselves or not helping themselves out, right? Coming out flat on the road in week two at Cal or turning the ball over against Cal, making bad throws, fumbling the football, missing tackles, right? Those types of things are what I think Auburn fans are probably concerned with. And those are early season concerns that a ton of fans are having right now. But especially here on the Plains where you have a new coach, a new coaching staff, and three-fourths of a brand-new roster. So, no, to answer your question, Terry, I'm not worried about UMass, and you shouldn't be either. Nobody should. And Auburn Auburn could have 10 turnovers on Saturday, and they're not going to lose to UMass. If you have 10 turnovers against Cal, you have three turnovers against Cal, you might lose. You very well could lose. And so that's what these three games are about. I've been saying it. That's what it's about. Auburn has a chance to get better and improve and start out of the gate slowly in a good way. How many times have I said on this program, thank God Auburn doesn't play somebody like Texas week two. I'd be scared to death if Auburn had to play a legitimate top 10, top 15 team in week two because Auburn probably wouldn't be ready. And I guess and guarantee you this, Hugh Freeze would probably be worried about it too because Auburn has a long way to go. They have a lot of work to do, but you've got three weeks to make it happen before you go on the road to Texas A&M. And I want to hear from you. How are you feeling? Are, answer Terry's question if you want to, right? Are you worried about UMass because they put on a good performance against New Mexico State? Are you worried about the game at Cal because of the weirdness of the game, the road trip that it is, or Cal returning most of their starters? Are you worried about these first three games? Or maybe just concerned with, well, the uncertainty of what's Auburn going to look like? What's this new team going to look like? The new offense, the new defense, the offensive line, the quarterback. It seems like that's where a lot of these quote-unquote concerns are coming from, from Tiger fans. But give me a call. I want to hear from you. Don't let me, don't let me speak for you. I want to hear your thoughts. 334-321-1390. 
We'll talk some more about this, plus Auburn football's practice from yesterday. Captains were named. I do want to talk about that. We mentioned it in the first hour and want to get to it here in hour number two as well. 334-321-1390, more of the Wednesday edition of On the Line when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back inside the studio here at ESPN 106.7. This is the Wednesday edition of On the Line. My name is Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. Got a few more minutes before we get to Austin Hannon of Bama Central. He'll join us on the phone lines coming up at 3.30 to get you ready for Alabama and Middle Tennessee State. Woohoo! Right? Big time game going on this weekend in Tuscaloosa. Now, we'll get his thoughts on that game. And, and really, the, sort of like I was asking Jordan Hill uh, of Dogs 247, the just the updates coming into the season expectations coming into the season uh, still the question marks going on at the quarterback spot for Alabama because it, the more the more people talk about it and the more people discuss it and the more I hear the the more confused I get when it comes to this Alabama quarterback room it's like legitimately all three guys could play this Saturday and Depending on who you listen to and where you listen and whatever, where you read and who you talk to, everybody has a different opinion. Oh, it's Jalen Milrow. He's going to be the guy week one. He's going to be the guy in the Iron Bowl and everything in between. Well, then you talk to somebody else and it's, oh, Jalen Milrow is going to start, but Ty Simpson's coming for his job. I heard today, Doug Amos was talking about this on his show. He's got a guy that says at the end of the by the end of this thing or by middle of the season when it really starts to count that Tyler Buckner's going to be the starting quarterback when the time matters. What? It's unbelievable. So we'll see what Austin has to say because he keeps saying he has told us multiple times it's Jalen Milrow in his eyes. But again, it's such a guessing game. I mean, it really is. It's such a guessing game. So excited to to hear what he has to say about that. His breakdown of this week one matchup against Middle Tennessee um, and, and what we expect to see from Alabama as they will, I'm sure, be doing some serious game prep for Texas in week two this weekend in Bryant-Denny Stadium. So we'll talk to Austin Hannon coming up in, in just a few minutes at 3.30. But do want to talk a little Auburn football again. Uh, we got to see practice yesterday and got a 30-minute window uh, to right after the show yesterday at 4.30. So I did the show and hustled over there. And the two position groups I watched a lot of were the t- uh, the receivers and the linebackers. I watched the tight ends a little bit too. But the receivers and the linebackers were the two ones, the, the two rooms that I watched a lot of. And, and the wide receivers obviously working with the quarterbacks. I'll start with the receivers and quarterbacks and then talk about the linebackers. The receivers that really impressed me yesterday, Jay Fair, Shane Hooks, and Camden Brown. All the receivers practiced, as far as I could see. All of them played. All of them were getting reps, and they weren't doing any, you know, 7-on-7 or 11-on-11 or anything like that. They were not offense versus defense. They were off on separate sides doing their own drills. But the receivers that stood out to me yesterday were Jay Fair, Shane Hooks, and Camden Brown. Jay Fair, because when he catches the football, he's just a bolt of lightning. He just takes off flying. And if he gets an open space, I think he's going to be really, really tough tough to stop. I looked at him, and I even looked at, at, uh, at 
Shane Hooks and Camden Brown because those guys are massive. Shane Hooks is 6'4", Camden Brown is 6'3". They're built like trucks, and they're going to go up and get the football when you throw it at them. And if they get out in open space, you better just lay down because they're going to run over you. So those guys really impressed me in the receiver room. Peyton Thorne looked good uh, with as your starting quarterback. Had a few throws that weren't great, um, but overall, accuracy and timing was not an issue. Uh, he gets the ball out really quick. I will say, watching Robbie Ashford, and this is, and I talked about this in the first hour, overall, the performance from the quarterback to receiver, that whole 15 minutes that I watched, wasn't overly impressive to me. Um, it, it's a 15-minute window out of the very long practice that we get to see. We get to see 30 minutes, but that 15 minute in particular, I was watching the the quarterbacks and receivers. It was sloppy is the word that I used. And I'll admit a lot of that was when Robbie Ashford was throwing the football. Just slower. The timing wasn't always there. A couple balls behind him. He had some really good throws. Don't get me wrong. Had some really, really good throws. But it just seemed like when, when there was miscommunication or drop balls or timing was thrown off, it seemed to be Robbie more than anything all three had had situations Peyton and Holden both had situations like that but overall Peyton looked good I mean he again didn't do anything crazy but it's also just a drill in practice so don't read overly into it defensively I know we got a few minutes here defensively I watched the linebackers do some drills and man I talked about this in the first hour I'm so excited about this linebacker room. I, I, I can't contain my excitement because there's so much talent and there's so much knowledge and physicality and effort and heart in that linebacker room. And you can see it in practice. You can hear it when you talk to them. And I guarantee you're going to feel it on Saturday when they go out and hit somebody against UMass in Jordan-Hare Stadium. The guys that I highlighted... Larry Nixon, Cam Riley, and Eugene Asante. Those three guys, when they were doing the drill, in stance, come up, wrap up a dummy, and push it five or six yards, those guys were just like, wow. You could see it, you could hear it, you could feel it when they would get off the ball and hit somebody. And I'm excited about it, man. I really, really am. The potential of this Auburn linebacker room is really, really high. And what have I been talking about all summer long? I said, I'm ready for Auburn to have those dudes in the linebacker room again. I'm ready for Auburn to have thumpers in the linebacker room. Not one, not two, the entire room. I'm ready for when an Auburn linebacker steps on the football field, you notice it. You're like, oh, wow, the linebacker, there he is. Or when he makes a play and he hits the running back in the backfield. The person at the very, very top of the stadium at Jordan-Hare can hear the pop, right? They can see the speed of the linebackers. I'm ready for those things to happen again. And Auburn's had those guys, just not as many of them. And you've had guys go to the NFL, just not as many of them. I'm ready for the whole room to be that way. And I think Auburn has a potential to get that this year and get that moving forward. Because this room is super talented. You've got leadership. You have experience in this room. Here's the, here's the classes of your linebackers. Junior, senior, senior, junior, junior. That's awesome. Not even to mention your jack position, Elijah McAllister, who's a senior transfer, Steven Sings, who's a junior, and Jayla McLeod, who's a junior. 
You have experience there. SEC experience. Auburn experience. SEC experience. And that's going to speak volumes on defense this fall. And I'm so excited about it. It's my favorite position. And I think you're going to fall in love with some of these guys in the linebacker room for Auburn in 2023. When we come back, we'll talk to Austin Hannon of Bama Central. Get his thoughts on Alabama opening up the year versus Middle Tennessee. Who's going to be quarterback week one? Who's going to be quarterback week two? I think it's it's all up in the air for the Alabama Crimson Tide. We'll get notes, updates, and injury updates as well from Austin Hannon of Bama Central when we come back here on ESPN 106.7. Jacob Goertz on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7. Clouds starting to roll in here in Auburn Opelika. Hopefully the uh, rain and weather will hold off here this afternoon. But let's get to our typical Wednesday 3.30 guest, and it is Austin Hannon of Bama Central joining us on the phone lines. Austin, I've been saying it to everybody, man. Happy game week, brother. Yes, sir. I mean, it, it's finally here for, for Alabama and Auburn, and uh, we got some football last week that we talked about before it happened. Nothing, none of it was that exciting, uh, but we, we finally have week one is here, and, and we're, we're just getting rolling uh, here on Thursday, and then Alabama and Auburn, of course, will play on Saturday. Well, before we talk Alabama and, and their week one matchup and them getting underway in 2023, um, I've been talking to everybody about this. Just your your... I guess your take on what college football in the SEC is going to look like in 2023, maybe a prediction or just what you expect around the SEC West, the SEC as a whole, uh, and what you think is going to happen this season in 2023. Yeah, I mean, a lot of exciting football. I think I think coming into the year, uh, you got really an open field. Um, I mean, obviously, everybody knows about Georgia and, and what they're you know trying to do this year, going for the three-peat, which they'd be the first team to do it since, uh, I believe, the mid-30s when um, Colorado did it, or no, sorry, Minnesota did it in about 1934 or five. Um, you know, Michigan and Ohio State, obviously out of the Big Ten, they're the other threats to that. Uh, if you want to throw Alabama in there, uh, that, that's your AP top four. Um, and I think those are really the four teams right now that I believe have a chance to win the national championship. I, I think outside of that top four, uh, a couple of dark horse teams that I really do like, Penn State out of the Big Ten and Florida State out of the ACC. Uh, I think they both have really experienced teams and some exciting new players. Um, and then are in conferences and, and have schedules where they can maybe make a run at the playoff. Obviously, Florida State um, has to deal with Clemson in the ACC, and you know Clemson has to deal with Florida State. I think it's going to come down to those two teams in that conference. Um, which for the ACC, I mean, when's the last time that they had the two teams in the top ten? It's been a couple years that they've had a team, couple teams where they feel like uh, have a chance to make the playoff and maybe do more. Uh, will we see a resurgence of Clemson this year after a couple down years with Dabo Sweetie? Um, UFC is an interesting one. I think USC mm-hmm. and LSU are interesting on five and six in the AP poll. Uh, we saw USC in week zero. Caleb Williams, obviously, he's going to put up points. Uh, still concerns with the defense. They gave up almost 30 to San Jose State. Um, but that, that's going to be a fun team to watch. And, and Caleb Williams, I think, has a great chance, maybe one of the better chances of, of anybody um, in recent history to, to run back, you know, go back to back to the Heisman Trophy uh, just, just because of the teams that he gets to play. And, you know, his stats are going to be there. 
So as long as USC is in contention and, and maybe has one or two losses, I, I see him probably winning the Heisman Trophy again unless somebody comes in and, and, and takes it from him. And then LSU. LSU is the interesting one. Obviously, year one of the Brian Kelly era last year uh, went very well, if you will, for LSU. I mean, obviously, everything that went down with Coach O, um, and it kind of felt like LSU was in a weird spot. They went all in, got Brian Kelly, and just like that, they're right back on the national map. So uh, really exciting year, I think, coming up. You know, obviously, you're going to ask a lot about Alabama today, so I'll hold off talking about them. But um, at this moment, I think it is those top four teams, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, and then everybody else. So, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. I mean, there's a lot of fun teams. Tennessee, how's Tennessee going to look um, in the SEC East with that, that Georgia matchup being in Knoxville this year? Can Joe Milton III and, and the Volunteers kind of run back a, another successful year and maybe get to Atlanta? Um, is Texas back? They start the year number 11 in the country. They'll be at Brandon Denny Stadium in week two. Uh, how about Notre Dame? They looked great, I thought, in their first game against Navy. I thought that game was going to be a lot closer, and they went out there and kind of stomped them from the jump. So uh, maybe Notre Dame's going to have a good season. So there's a lot of good football teams out there this year, and uh, I think everybody feels like they have a chance if you're in the top 20, top 25 right now. And, of course, uh, probably the, the marquee game in week one is LSU and Florida State, two teams that you just mentioned uh, in the news coming out today with LSU. They're already, we know, going to be without one of their star players, but running back John Emery not playing against Florida State. So uh, one of the biggest matchups possibly of the season, and LSU going to be down a few players on Sunday night. Yeah, really glad that game's on Sunday night. Um, obviously, you know, being a beat reporter, being a beat writer, uh, you're kind of all in with whatever team you're covering. So on any given Saturday, I mean, I, I don't get to watch, you know, as much college football as maybe I used to mm-hmm. uh, growing up and, and getting a full national landscape. Um, it's really just, you know, the Alabama grind, and I, I know everything about the opponent and, and the Alabama team. And I show up to the game three hours early, they're three hours late, um, and it just kind of absorbs your whole day. So it, it is a, it's very exciting to me that, um, this game is, you know, on Sunday night, and I'll, I'll get to see it. And uh, I think it's going to be very interesting. Obviously, last year LSU looked pretty poor in that game. Uh, you know, that that was when Jaden Daniels really couldn't figure out the offense early on, and was using his legs over and over again. And then it looked like LSU was going to have a bad season, and then they did what they did after. So um, I think LSU wants that game back, obviously from last year. But you know, Florida State, like I said, I think that's a team that's really a sleeper this year in the ACC, and. Um, you know, I don't think it'll kill either team to lose that game. But when you think about it, they've both got to play some, some pretty tough teams on their schedule later in the season. So you don't really want to drop that first game early. Well, Austin, let's talk a little Alabama since that's the team that you do cover for Bama Central at BamaCentral.com. And to really jumpstart this conversation, talking about the uh, the hottest topic when it comes to this Alabama football team is that quarterback spot. And Austin, my uh, intern and show producer, Michaela, has a question for you about that quarterback spot. Hey, Austin, how are you? Um, great, great. How are you? Good. I've noticed that Alabama has still not released a depth chart, and we are three days out from game day. Should fans be worried about that, and does this mean that Saban and his staff have still not solidified a true QB1? I have, I have mixed opinions on that. I, I think, uh, the, first on the depth chart, last year, I don't know if either of you remember, but uh, on, on depth chart day, depth chart Monday, uh, Saban kind of came in fiery, said, hey, if you guys go out and write a bunch of stuff about, uh, you know, the players and who's starting and who's third string and all like everything like that, it makes it gets the players upset. And he, you know, he threatened to not release a depth chart this year, you know, and we kind of laughed at that and said, okay, yeah, we'll see. And then, you know, the, the day comes and he says, hey, yeah, we're not doing a depth chart this year. And you'll find out on Saturday, just like uh, the rest of the world. So 
uh, that, that's what we were told. That's what uh, the information we got. So we're going into Saturday opening game, like you said, without a, a sturdy depth chart. We don't know exactly where everybody sits. I think, you know, myself and others have kind of curated, you know, our own depth charts to what we think we're going to see based on what we've seen um, in practices and, and what we've heard from Saban and, and other players. Uh, but at the quarterback position, you know, I've been telling Jacob most of the summer, most of the spring, I expect Jalen Milrow to take the first snap for Alabama and, you know, we'll kind of go from there. You know, that's what I've, I've been saying. I do believe in Ty Simpson as the backup. I think he's going to – he's nowhere out of this competition um, going into the first game. They're both going to get playing time on Saturday. Uh, when, when, it, when he was asked earlier this week, Stephen, uh, you know, about is there a plan going into the game? Like, are you going to rotate drives, quarters, uh, just let Milrow do the thing? He kind of said that there was no plan and, or he didn't want to share the plan. So I was about to say, uh, you don't believe that for a second, do you, Austin? No, I mean, there could be a plan. I believe that it will be uh, just about every other drive. You'll see uh, Jalen Milrow, Tyler Buckner, and Ty Simpson in there. Um, in whatever order it may be, I believe it'll be Milrow first. Um, and I think it'll really just start from there. I mean, we've seen that in the past with Alabama. They throw a guy out there, and if he doesn't have success, all right, we'll try the other guy. If he does, then, you know, you kind of make a note and, and maybe still try the other guy. So uh, it's going to be Jalen Milrow, I think, out of the gate. Uh, but if he goes in there and struggles a little bit, even if he doesn't, you know, the question marks are going to continue into week two because, I mean, Middle Tennessee State's not really going to be a threat to beat Alabama, uh, you know, but Texas is. So uh, we're going to have more answers next week, I think, but um, I would say plan on Jalen Milrow being starting quarterback on Saturday. Austin, our favorite game to play on the show and really in sports radio in general is the what if, right? And so let me ask you this what if. What if Texas was week one? and it wasn't Middle Tennessee, if it wasn't a, a smaller, weaker opponent that Alabama's going to beat by 40 points, what if Texas was the week one matchup and Nick Saban and Alabama still had this quarterback battle? Do you think a starter would have been named already, and do you think there would be maybe even more worry and concern when it comes to Alabama fans, Nick Saban, the media, what have you, on this quarterback situation and the team as a whole? Yeah, that's a great question. I really don't think there would be any difference. Um, I think they kind of know what they're going into with. And, I, and you can ask all the players and coaches, you know, who's the starting quarterback. They can say they don't know, but I'm almost positive that, you know, going into tonight, at least when we hear from Saban, they've definitely decided on who's going to start Saturday. I mean, it's Wednesday um, evening here, and you have to have a game plan. You have to have your walkthrough. Um, so the players on the team and the coaches on the team know who's starting at quarterback now. Did they on Monday? I believe they probably did. We didn't. We, did, we weren't told that. But um, I think just, you know, knowing – the college football season, knowing that Middle Tennessee State's not, you know, an FCS opponent. I mean, this is still a team that can come out and force turnovers, and uh, they want to throw the ball around, and you're going to have to score some points to beat them probably. So I think they know who the quarterback's going to be. I think if it was Texas, um, they would still be the same situation. I do think Jalen Milrow is going to start against Texas as well, regardless of what happens uh, on Saturday. Now, if, you know, Jalen Milrow looks terrible and Ty Simpson throws for 300 yards, that might be a different answer. But um, I do think he's going to start against Texas too. It's just what happens from there. You know, if, if does Milrow start the game against Texas and Texas goes up two scores in the first quarter, you know, the, the, the Brian Denny Stadium gets quiet, what happens then? I, I believe that's when they go uh, to the depth chart and, and put another guy in there. And, and like I said, just keep trading them in and out until you kind of figure out who's going to take over the team. Um, and I think they are a little disappointed that this wasn't figured out by now. Um, that's so that's what it seems like from Saban. I mean, this, this could all be a ploy to where, he wants to keep everything close to the you know vest and mm-hmm. not give anybody any bulletin board material or any you know scouting reports on anybody that's going to start who's not going to start. Uh, so it all could just be a giant chess match. We'll see 
And, you know, the good news for all that is that it all ends, all the talking ends um, on Saturday night. That's right, and I know we're we're all just so thankful for for actual football to be played this weekend in Auburn, Alabama, everywhere going on across the country where we can actually have games to talk about. And of course, we'll be talking about games all season long with Austin Hannon of Bama Central, who's joining us on the phone lines right now, talking about this game on Saturday outside of the quarterback spot. Expectations from you? Uh, what are you looking for in this game again? At, the the wind itself is not in question here Austin I think we can all agree on that but we know it goes much deeper than that for us that cover teams and for the coaches and for the players so what are you looking for on Saturday when Auburn or when Alabama excuse me takes the field against Middle Tennessee in, in Bryant-Denny Stadium yeah you nailed it there I mean at, at 40 point favorites I don't think anybody has any question uh, who's going to win the football game but ask people that cover the team and if you think of, uh, think about it from a fan you know point you want to you want the team to look good in the first game, right? I mean that that's you want to make a good first impression. It's just like anything um, in the real world. You know, if you're doing a job interview, you want to go out there and show the country who you are week one. And so, uh, I think how they're going to do that, they're going to run the football a lot. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk this offseason about you know playing physical football. You know, lining up three, four running backs and just pounding teams that way, like we've seen Alabama do in the past. Um, I expect them to try to do that early on against Middle Tennessee State. Uh, you know, expect the first few drives to be, hey, Blue Raiders, we're going to line up, you know, in the pro formation, maybe the shotgun. We're going to run this thing right at you over and over again until you can stop it. Um, and then once you kind of get a little bit of an advantage, I think that's when they'll start letting the quarterbacks air it out a little bit and, and show what they've got. Um, but what's the mentality? What's what's the, the identity of this team going to be this year? Um, that's what they've said all camp, all spring, um, all summer, was that they want to be a team that's going to run the ball and, and, and really make you pay on the defensive end and then pass the ball, right, to, to beat you after that. So um, the defense is the other thing. You know, out goes Pete Golding. A lot of fans were happy about that. Here comes Kevin Steele, who's been around the SEC. He's been around Alabama. Yeah. Um, and from what I've heard so far, everything seems to be going great on the defensive end in practice. So I think if they can come out on, on Saturday and put a, shut up, put a shutout on the board, uh, people are going to start feeling a lot better about this team. Uh, but it starts there. It starts can the defense do what they're, what they're saying they're going to do and can Alabama run the ball, unlike you know the last couple of years where they've been so pass-heavy? If they could do those two things, I think that makes the quarterback situation you know a lot less – there's a lot less pressure on it because, like I've been telling you, I think if you could do – if you can run the ball and play defense, the quarterback doesn't have to do as much. So yeah. uh, that's going to be the biggest thing on Saturday for Alabama. And if they can go out there and start fast and you know go up two or three scores early, I think that will be a big sigh of relief from the fans. Before the 2023 season, I know we had week zero, but as it truly gets started in week one this weekend, what's the what's the hot take? What's the bold prediction from Austin Hannon for 2023, whether it be about Alabama, Auburn, the SEC, college football, uh, whatever it may be, what's the hot take for you this season in 2023, man? I got to know. Yeah, I, I'm going to, you know, on this show, I've, I'm sure I've made a lot of Alabama fans angry. Um, I've said some things about, you know, how I really think about this team, but no. when, I really, when I really look at it, I'm going to say something that's going to make a lot of people happy. Um, how about Alabama wins the national championship this year? All right, wow. Jacob, let, let's, let's look at it uh, from this perspective. I think Georgia has bigger issues at quarterback than people are really letting on. I mean, Carson Beck, obviously a lot of talent, um, like the guys that Alabama has, but that Georgia team lost a lot of experience from last year's team. And not just that, I mean, I think the weight of a three-peat is so heavy and, you know, they can act like it's not a big deal and that this is just a new season and all that. But I do think at some point this season, 
uh, Georgia's going to have a little bit of a weakness that maybe they didn't uh, the last couple years. And I, I think that's because, you know, they might have to play Alabama this year, depending on, you know, if Alabama can beat LSU and Tuscaloosa and go to Atlanta. I think they don't want that. They, they, I think they would much rather play LSU. Uh, we saw what happened in that game in Atlanta last year. We've seen how Alabama's done against Georgia in the past, and most of the time it's gone well. And last year they didn't have to go through Alabama, and, and I think that was a big deal for them. Um, and I just, I really do think this Alabama team is going to form into itself throughout the season. I think the quarterback thing is going to get resolved in one way or another. And I think we're going to look back on this season and say, man, remember when people were saying that, that Alabama didn't have a quarterback and they were going to be bad and they were going to miss the playoff again and lose. I mean, I'm seeing people having Alabama go 10 and 2, 9 and 3. Um, and then all that just gets put to bed. And, you know, we don't have to talk about Nick Saban not winning a national championship for three consecutive seasons, which would be the first time that happens. Uh, but all the, all the stats, man, all the little numbers, the, the new quarterbacks at Alabama have been really successful in the past. Um, Nick Saban teams that have not won back-to-back national championships have always won that third. And so, you know what? I, I think the schedule lines up well. I think if you can beat Texas in week two, um, you've got Tennessee and LSU at home. If you can just go, you know, limit yourself to one loss in the regular season, get yourself to Atlanta. Um, and, and get that rematch with Georgia that you've been waiting for since Indianapolis in the national championship a couple of years ago. Um, and then you're back in the playoff. And I think once you get there, the, the team will be so ready to go. And we've seen Nick Saban, you know, success in the playoff and in national championships in, the, in recent memory. And I, I think that's why on, on today's show, I'll give you that hot take. Alabama's going to win the national championship this year. Man, after building that rapport with Auburn fans for so long and making Alabama fans so upset, you went back to them and picking them to win the national championship. Can't blame you, man. And look, nobody, not many people have lost a lot of money betting Alabama to win the national championship in the last few years. So it's not a bad pick by any means, Austin. And I appreciate you doing that for us. Austin Hannon of Bama Central. He joins us every Wednesday here on On the Line on ESPN 106.7. He'll join us every single week throughout this season of Alabama athletics. Austin, as always, brother, it's a fun time talking to you. You tell it like it is, and I love that you do that. Tell everybody where they can find you, your excellent coverage, and uh, all the information for this upcoming Saturday as Alabama gets underway. Yes, sir. We'll have everything for you on BamaCentral.com, like you mentioned in the in the opening. Um, and everything that's there is also going to be on my Twitter. And then, you know, maybe some extra thoughts and stuff like that on there as well, if you like that kind of thing, um, at AustinHannon underscore on Twitter. So, yeah, my, my last question for you, Jacob, what's, what's the result for Auburn going to be this weekend and, and then this season? Ooh, okay. All right. I love when the guests ask me questions. Um, Auburn, Auburn this weekend. Um, you know, again, it's you're playing a UMass team. People, are, Austin, people are starting to flip out because UMass won in week one and they were underdogs and came out and won by double digits. I'm not worried about it. All right. I'm not worried about it. Auburn's going to be just fine. Peyton Thorne's going to be good. The running back room is ridiculously good. And Auburn is going to put, look, UMass gave up almost 500 yards to New Mexico State. What do you think Auburn's going to do on Saturday? It's going to be ridiculous. So Auburn will handle business. Lots to learn, though, with this Auburn team on Saturday. For the season as a whole, I think there are there are pockets in this schedule for Auburn to really build some momentum, um, but there's also some pockets in this schedule, man, where it could go really wrong for Auburn at A&M, at LSU. You got Georgia at home. Like There's some games in there that if you don't win, it's going to be rough. But overall, I think Auburn is going to surprise some people. Being second to last in the SEC, according to media in Nashville, no shot, man. Yeah, I think, you know, and there's been a lot of talk about, you know, the stuff at SEC media days and who's voting and how did this guy get left off one of the three, you know, all SEC teams. Right. I don't think really anybody listens to any of that. 
Uh, I think there's a lot of – I don't want to say it, it's a bad system, but it's a pretty bad system. Vanderbilt uh, got but, voted to win the SEC East, man. Right. It's a bad that's, system. That's all, you, that's all you need to know. And I think this Auburn team, uh, to kind of add on that, uh, they we're going to really have to look at the status of Jarquez Hunter moving forward. Um, I think he's one of the best running backs in the SEC, and you don't really lose anything from losing Tank Bixby when he's in there. Uh, but there are question marks. We'll see if Peyton Thorne can – can step into that role for Auburn, and I, I'm, a, I'm a Hugh Freeze guy in terms of a, as a football coach, um, and I think he'll do a lot of good things for Auburn. And I, I told you, you know, early on, you know, in the summer that I thought they could be a surprise team this year, win seven or eight games, and uh, have Auburn kind of back on the map, you know, after those terrible couple years mm-hmm. uh, under Brian Harson. So I, I think it's, it's going to really depend on is Hunter up on the team? Is he not? It obviously doesn't really matter, like you said, this weekend. But moving forward, I think he's a very important player and. Um, it's going to be a big, you know, a big part of what Auburn wants to do. Well, man, I'm excited to to talk Alabama and Auburn with you all football season long, man. It's always a blast, and uh, we'll talk to you next week as we recap Middle Tennessee and get to preview the Crimson Tide and the Longhorns. All right. Thanks, Jacob. Appreciate it. Austin Hannon of Bama Central joins us every Wednesday here on the show and uh, threw a curveball. Asked me a few questions. I love it here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. We'll take our final break, come back for a very quick segment before Bill and Dan take over for the drive here on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up the Wednesday edition of On the Line went long with Austin today, and I love it. I love having him on the show uh, and talking Alabama football. We're talking a little Auburn football as well uh, as we get geared up for week one in college football. Can you tell that we're all excited? I mean, can you tell that we're all just ready for football to kick off on Saturday and have so many things to talk about from week in and week out coming up over the next few months. I'm excited. I know you are. My guests are excited. Even our intern, Michaela, she's excited too. And uh, uh, talking all things college football. And again, big thank you to Austin Hannon of Bama Central, Jordan Hill of Dogs 247. Been a great show today. Wednesdays are a lot of fun here on Rivalry Wednesday around here on On the Line on ESPN 106.7. So talk to those two gentlemen. Uh, talked about what I saw yesterday at Auburn football's practice in the media viewing window. New captains were named for Auburn football as well and some great callers on the show today so if you missed any of it go to ESPNAU.com click on the podcast center it'll be commercial free right there right after the show or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast also SEC challenge ESPNAU.com go fill out your picks coming up for Florida Utah we get to talk about that game tomorrow excited for that on a busy show tomorrow as well so until tomorrow two to four right here on espn 1067 i'm jacob go and stay safe i'll talk to you later